0: Things are popping so hard and so much this morning around the world. I I need two cups of coffee today. I tell you. Uh, I have. In fact, I haven't seen a Saturday morning. This news busy. Probably since 9-11. <clears throat> so it's a whole lot going on today. So pay attention. Put on your seat belts. Be sober minded, vigilant and watchful. That's all I can tell you. Be, get prayed up. Yeah. You say, well, preacher, have you already prayed? Always. We already had a prayer meeting this morning. Fully. How many of you know that God has a full prayer that He wants you to pray? And if you don't hit those points, uh you you really have not prayed. How many of you know that? There's a full prayer and then there's a short prayer that God gives us to pray. And then there are breath prayers. that we need to pray. Lord help me to respond right to this situation. That's it. In Jesus name I pray. Amen. Lord help me because I'm close to the edge and Lord help these people not to try to push me over Holy Father God help me to witness to this person breath prayers Dr. Rick Warren popularized it in recent years but uh, it was uh, an old Saint, And if you go to Bible college you you will learn about this person. You probably will never hear about him in your regular Christian life. But when you go to Bible college he's going to be one of the first ones you hear about and you're going to read about. And... uh, He's the one who is credited originally with that, quote, or saying, breath prayers. When you pray without ceasing, you have to learn how to pray some breath prayers, quick. I mean, that's beyond quick, short, beyond short. And so, my beloved... Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and yes, even foes in the family. Do you have any foes in the family? Oh, no, not me. I'm a sweet evangelical. Well, we we don't have any foes in our families. We're wonderful and we're great. And everything is always perfect for us sweet charismatics. Everything is everything is wonderful and dandy. You liar. You're a liar. Your feet ain't made and your heart pumps peanut butter. And that's the truth. If Or, or you're not saved yourself or you're not doing anything for God, you're not committed to God and His work. And to the standing between the living and the dead. Prayer, devotional, memorial, family, and evangelistic service. Family members, my beloved, these are the ride or die saints. They love you and support you and stand with you regardless. And oftentimes, there's very few family members who are in that group. This is Daniel White, the third president of Gospel Light Society International, with the White House Daily Reading of the Chronological Bible, episode number 554, where I read the Holy Bible in the King James Version each day in chronological chronological order. This unique viewpoint allows us to read the whole Bible as a single story and to see the unfolding of God's plan in history, the present and the future. Today we are reading 1 Kings chapter 4 verses 1 through 10. Let's pray. Holy Father God in heaven, I know that you're there and that your Holy Son is sitting at your right hand. You sit high and we are low, but Lord you care about us and you have proven that with your own life. And so, Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for your holy word. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege, the power, and the peace that comes from and through prayer. Thank you for your holy word that says, ask and ye shall receive, seeking ye shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. And Holy Father God, I pray that you will uh, give me and all of us your energy, your strength, your unction, your anointing, your freedom, your liberty, and the power of your Holy Spirit to understand your Holy Word and to comprehend your Holy Word and help us to employ it in our lives and apply it to our lives. And to walk in it, for it is the light that you have provided for us. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I do pray for uh, the salvation of my wife, Marika White, of over 34 years. As you know, I have been praying for her like this uh, for... Uh, around that same amount of time Uh, you have given me the liberty recently for some reason to pray it out loud and in public and uh, uh, for all of these years she has no uh, fruit of salvation Uh, and her children have not seen it I have not seen it but she told me that she was saved before we got married. And uh, the woman is just not born again, and I believe she knows it, but her pride, which is a huge problem in all of our lives, but especially in the lives of my dear uh, Jamaican sisters and some men as well, Uh, a Pharaoh style pride. I pray that you would remove it and I believe that one day she's going to come on her own and uh, uh, ask me to lead her to you as I've tried before. And I pray that she would do it quickly for her own good and uh, Lord we pray for other family members even some of my offspring who may be religious like she is but lost because she's right here serving with me faithfully and dutifully uh, today and uh, uh, but I do not as her husband believe that she's saved save her mother, save her aunts, save my mother, save my two sisters help them all and everybody else in our family and across the country and around the globe Lord, uh, and as you know, I've been praying for my family members all of these years in this way. Some have gotten saved, some have not. I know that my dad got saved. I believe that my brother got saved. And uh, Lord, help them to realize it's not about church and how much you have been in church or how you serve in the church or your so-called position and title in the church. Uh, for many will hear from you one day, I never knew you, you workers of iniquity. So Lord, and I thank you for the thousands and maybe millions now who by getting a peek into our own family situation, they have examined themselves to see whether or not they be in the faith. Uh, ultimately, it's all about that. It's not about us, it's not about our issues, is all used by you to help other people get their issues squared away and some have and some have not and we pray that you would open blinded eyes and unstop deaf ears save those who are lost even the religious church-going people who even say they love church but they're not saved uh religious but lost and we pray for the irreligious and uh, Lord, uh, by my, by your grace, preaching to salvation to the church folks, gives hope to those who are not church folks to under, give them, gives them an understanding that everybody, even in the church, is not saved. So no wonder we have so many hypocrites, so many hypocritical preachers, pastors, and pastors' wives uh, who act like the devil. So Lord. I pray that you'd remove that block, uh, that blockage, out of their way so that they can come to you and not be blocked by a hypocritical preacher or a hypocritical preacher's wife or their children. Open their blinded eyes and stop their deaf ears and help them to see you, uh, Lord Jesus Christ, as their Savior. We also pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Since we have people who are not saved, we have uh, extra attacks from the devil who can use these people at will. And uh, uh, We thank you that you have taught us well that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, otherwise we couldn't stay married and raise a family. And so Holy Father God, We know the devil is behind it. He's our main enemy. And we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in this devotional service. Not only for our family, but for Christian families all across the country and around the globe. Uh, Red, yellow, black, and white, we pray, Lord, that you would thwart the devil's attacks and plans. And I do pray that you would cast out the devil and the demons of hell. In the satanic, demonic spirit of Judas, Jezebel, Sanballat, and Tobias. Uh, Out of my wife, Marika White, and out of the lives of other people in our family who have that problem. In the church, in the community, in society, in this country. Uh, And, uh, Lord, as you know, I am... uh, uh, I have... Finish raising my children. If they want to stay in this Sodom and Gomorrah country, they can if they want to. But I am praying to you, Lord, to remove me from this Sodom and Gomorrah country, which is worse, ten times worse than Sodom and Gomorrah. God have mercy on the souls of everybody in this country. Uh, for, Lord, I believe that you're going to finish destroying this country. For the evil that it has done and is doing in your sight. And uh, as you have led me to predict for many years. I love this country. And I love where I live at right now very much. And I don't want to move. But uh, I cannot, I will not be able to survive here. Preaching uh, the way I preach. Because they have laws against me. Uh, doing so and also they have laws against me if I don't address a man With a woman's name or a woman's pronoun uh, they, they will drag me into the court house For such foolishness Lord, I don't believe that that was the case in Lot's day uh, For we have lost our righteous minds in this country and false prophets false pastors and false churches have allowed it to happen in your sight, and I am not a part of that, and I don't want to be a part of that. In fact, I have rebuked that under your direction, even today. So, Holy Father God, I do pray that you will lead us, guide us, and direct us. Give us sweet victory today over the world, the flesh, and the devil, and their cohorts, and the demons of hell. And Lord, please rebuke and bind the devil and his demons and his hosts from this service and from this time and from your people. And Lord, restrain those who act like they have no restraint, who act like they can't control their behavior, and they can. For a Jewish man said, you can be as happy as you want to be, and he's not even saved. So, Holy Father God, I do pray that you'll lead us, guide us, and direct us throughout this weekend and in the way that you will have us all to go. And let your will be done and not ours. Save those who are lost, revive those who are saved, heal those who are sick, comfort those who are grieving, and mourning around the world. And thank you, Lord, for saying to me, you have fought a good fight, you have kept the faith and now uh, your departure is at hand at least from this country to a country where the laws are still the same, that homosexuality is wrong and criminal. And Lord, uh, and uh, I thank you that I'm able to say that, particularly at this time. As the world, even under the threat of monkeypox, is celebrating the abomination of homosexuality in your sight, including our president, the president of the United States, and other nations are doing the same. God, have mercy and grace upon us and forgive us of our sins. Forgive us in the church of our sins of disobeying your great commandment and your great commission. We have failed you in this modern-day Laodicean, worse than Laodicean Church. We have failed you. We have failed you, Lord Jesus Christ. We have failed heaven. We have failed uh, the Church. We have failed our children. We have failed this country, and we have failed the world and the earth. And I pray, Lord, that you will save as many as you can before we get out of here. In Jesus Christ's name, I pray. And for a sake, Amen. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Pardon me for a second. I have the high honor and the distinct privilege and the great pleasure to read in your hearing, thus saith the Lord, the Word of God, the holy Bible. At first Kings chapter four, verses one, through 10. So King Solomon was king over all Israel and these were the princes which he had. He had, pardon me, Azariah the son of Zadok the priest Elihorath and Ahiah, the sons of Shasha scribes. Jehoshaphat, the son of Ahilud, the recorder. And Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, was over the host. At Zadok and Abiathar were the priests. And Azariah the son of Nathan was over the officers and Zebud the son of Nathan was principal officer and the king's friend. <coughs> and Ahishah was over the household and Adoniram the son of Abda was over the tribute. And Solomon had 12 officers over all Israel which provided victuals for the king and his household. Each man his month in a year made provision. And these are their names, the son of Hur in Mount Ephraim, the son of Dekar in Machaz, and in uh, Sha'albim, and Beth Shemesh, and Elon Beth Hanan, the son of, he said, in Arubath, to him pertained Soko, and all the land of Hepha. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, we praise you and we thank you for your holy word. Lord, have it to sit tight in our hearts, our minds, our souls and spirits. Have it never to go away. Help us to meditate on it. Help us to... Get the spirit of it and the gist of it, or the gist of it, and help us to apply it to our lives as you see fit. And Lord, help us to share your Holy Word in a discipleship way, to teach it in a discipleship way to others, even one-on-one or in a small group or online. Help us to preach your Holy Gospel and to preach your Holy Word, the whole council that comes from your holy gospel. Save those who are lost. Revive those who are saved. Heal those who are sick. Comfort those who are grieving. And thank you for your word that says, Ask, and ye shall receive. Seeking, ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be open unto you. In Jesus Christ's name I do pray and forsake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and even foes in the family. And to the standing between the living and the dead, service family members, my beloved, this is Daniel White, the third president of Gospel Light. Society International with the White House Family Devotional reading of Charles Haddon Spurgeon's classic book titled Morning and Evening. This is the podcast and this is episode number 579. Dr. Spurgeon chose for our devotional reading today long ago John 21:12 reads Jesus saith unto them come and dine I get a little bit tickled when I read this verse because I had I had a uh, White preacher friend, he was one of those rab preachers who was half pastor, half evangelist, heavyset fellow, just joyful, uh, and he would classify himself as a redneck. and he's just a uh, uh, a good old boy, but he loves souls. and he 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 heard about me and he just loved me as his brother and uh, he heard I was out preaching uh, evangelizing and having crusades and conferences and things and he had a a access to a printing apparatus uh, in his church he was able to print things design things and print them flyers and things like that and he said uh, he, 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 he did give me some money he supported our ministry Uh, out of Lilburn, Lilburn, Georgia. And uh, he supported our ministry, but he also said, let me do something else for you. Let me print your flyers for your crusade that you're having in the municipal auditorium uh, uh, in a city uh, near that area and he took it he was excited about it and he took it and ran with it and you know god god will raise up people to do stuff like that and he printed i don't know 5000 flyers maybe 10000 i don't know but he did it he did it his way he didn't he didn't he didn't ask me for my input and he used this verse at the head of the flyer and uh, and I would not have done I would not have done it that way. That's the whole thing. But because the brother of God touched his heart and he wanted to help, and in the first part of this verse is what he used at the top of the flyer. Come and dine, G- Jesus said unto them. I don't think he mentioned that Jesus said unto them. But he said, "Come." He said, "Daniel White the Third, Evangelist Daniel White the would be preaching. Uh, Come and dine." Now that's not quite the way I would have done it, but he wanted to do that for the ministry, and and he he called himself helping me, and 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 and, and uh, he did he did his part. But I I don't I don't think that was as effective as something else would have been. But I accepted it, and I thank God for it, and we did use it. Anyway, back to this verse. Jesus saith unto them, Come and dine. And none of the disciples durst ask him, Who art thou, knowing that it was the Lord? And we see in that passage that Jesus did not have to promote himself. He walked in his own authority and people. People will recognize if you have authority from God. You, you don't have to promote yourself and lift yourself up. And so it, it was interesting that he chose that verse come and dine. Anyway, uh Pastor out of Lilburn, Georgia. In these words, Spurgeon goes on to share, the believer is invited. To a holy nearness to Jesus Christ. Come and dine implies the same table, the same meat, eh? and sometimes it means to sit side by side and lean our head upon the Savior's uh, bosom, as it is depicted in the Bible. It is being brought into the banqueting house where waves the banner of redeeming love come and dine. One of the things that we as Christians have done so well down through the years, not so much today, but down through the years. And some of us, we sinned by doing so, uh, fellowshipping and practicing the sin of gluttony as well. Uh, we, we we had some folks in the church who 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 after church after the revival meeting they would say sinful things like I tell you what this is all you can eat Ryans all you can eat uh uh Shoneys or Golden Corral mm-hmm. well, we going we gonna make them put that sign out of business we gonna put that they, we gonna make them put that sign down. No don't, 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 don't bow your head yet. It's not time to pray because you know some of y'all said that. You were with me. And you said it. <laughs> Tucking in your shirt and going inside Ryan's. I'm going to make them put this sign down. It's all you can eat. Okay. They, 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 when we get through with them, they're going to stop that. I remember one time we were in Mississippi. With a great pastor and man of God. And uh, uh, and he had a favorite place, he, you know. See, see, be, this is why you can't take everybody, you understand me? You can't take everybody to some places because some people have that gluttony attitude, huh? All you need, okay? We're gonna see, and uh we were we were eating at a nice establishment and it was predominantly white and we were black but the pa- they knew the pastor and the pastor took some of us and, and that was it it was a catfish place and uh uh and we we were there to fellowship you know how we do after church or whatever after a soul winning campaign, evangelistic crusade. And, and that's what it was, it was a celebration, it was a celebration. And down in Mississippi now, deep south Mississippi, where I got saved. And the manager, the owner, had to send one of the servants over and and and, and, and they asked us to leave. Now he had eaten there before, and they love him, they know him. They asked us to leave. You know why? Uh, because some of us were acting like Negroes. Uh, because some, I'm just telling you the truth. I'm just telling. You. Some of us were acting uh, unbecoming. Let me put it that way. Some people you can't take with you to certain. But I don't care if you like it or not. And the truth of the matter is, we were we were putting them out of business at that table ourselves by ourselves and they asked us to leave and some people cried racism I didn't when you act crazy like that in a you know the man invites you to a nice place and you act crazy and you action for five and six bowls of catfish <laughs> come on man you can't do that and so they asked us to leave. now I'm sure he still had his table. But the people who were with who uh, they didn't want us to come back. You said, were you one of them, Bridget? No, I was not. I was not. I got better sense of that. My mom and dad raised me better than that. Anyway, come and dine. It, it means intimate fellowship. When somebody invites you to eat, you know, preferably, I don't like to eat in people's houses. Whether they invite you to a restaurant. And I'm not too big on that anymore, of course, at all. and, and Unless we're really getting down to some business that needs to be taken care of. But I'm, I'm not for small talk. Mm-hmm. I got pastor friends who are. They, they're good at it. They love people very much and so forth. I, I'm an introverted person. I'm not in for small talk. We got to be taking care of something. I hate small talk. I, I won't even talk to you if you're going to try to do, me, do the small talk with me. I'm not going to do that. I'm not. I don't waste my time with that. But um, this, this is, I've been to many fellowship dinners, you know, after our crusades and everything. Many. And it's a, it's a wonderful, joyful thing and, and just great. I don't know how many times we've been to Denny's after a revival meeting up in Philadelphia or someplace else in Hawaii. Even in Alaska, halibut. I learned about halibut fish in Alaska when I preached up there. Uh, and, I mean, m- m- wonderful times. We we had conferences, uh, and we hosted conferences, and preachers coming from all over, and their families, and everybody. And, and we go to certain restaurants. I can name I can name three of them: Ryan's, Golden Corral. Denny's, for sure, and they didn't even want us, but they couldn't stop us in Philadelphia, the land of the free, but uh, that's, a, that's a special thing, man, that's a wonderful thing, come and dine. It's an intimate situation. Come and dine, and I'm, I'm sharing all of that with you, let's get back to Spurgeon gives us a vision of union with Jesus because the only food that we can feast upon when we dine with Jesus is himself. Oh, what union is this? It is a depth which reason cannot fathom uh, that we thus feed upon Jesus. And this is so true. In In our earlier prayer meeting today, God did that thing to me. I'm not a crying man. But when when I think about the goodness of the Lord, I may not shout and I may not run around the church. For some of that I believe is disorderly. It's not biblical either. It's uh, okay, all right, I hear you. All right. Charismatic my charismatic family. I love you. You know that. But I know you too, okay? And some of that running and jerking and jumping off across the balancer and tripping up and falling on the ground and uh, women on the ground uh, with dresses on and the nurses got to come and cover you up and uh, hold hands around you. All that's unnecessary. That's nowhere in the Bible, nowhere, uh, nowhere in, with Jesus or uh, unless the people were demon possessed and they were jerking. And he had to cast the demons out. No, you just, m- many of you just showboating and trying to be cute. Stop it. Okay. Well, what the Lord does to me is I feel something arising and I, and, and, and I say respectfully. I've had to ask the Lord, now, Lord, this is too much. My, I, I, I understand better now what the old folks used to say, my grandmother and them, my cup running over. You, you get so filled with God's joy and God's peace and gratefulness and thank uh, thankfulness for what he has done for you. The tears begin to get, uh, something rises on up here, all up in here, and then the tears begin to flow. And I have had to lovingly, respectfully ask the Lord, now Lord, leave me alone. Because I got to work. I got to go do my thing. I got to go do what you want me to do now. I have. My family has heard that. My wife has heard that many times. I get to praying. God get the moving. Nobody else is in the house. Not in front of church folk. Sometimes I've been in the car by myself. And God would just fill me so much with his joy and his peace. And his thankfulness. So grateful that he would use a wretch like me in the way that he has. It is amazing. I must move on. Spurgeon says, He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me and I in him. It is also an invitation to enjoy fellowship with the saints. Yes, sir. I've had some of my greatest. I, see, I'm, I'm an introverted preacher. I don't, I, I don't, need, I don't need the fanfare of people. I don't need a whole lot of pats on the back, but I have about three or four preachers that, well, man, we've had times of fellowship that lasted too long. On the phone and in person. And we, we, I mean, laughter, uh, joy, backing each other up, and all of that. Uh, with, you know, what they're saying, that's right, brother, that's right. Because God will reveal things through the saints. And you got to say amen. you got that right. Christians may differ on a variety of points, but they have all one spiritual appetite. And if we cannot all feel alike, we can all feed alike. Go ahead, Spurgeon. Go ahead, Spurgeon. On the bread of life sent down from heaven. And uh, you don't need a whole bunch of folks to do that. It is a beautiful thing. At the table of fellowship with Jesus, we are one bread and one cup. As the loving cup goes round, we pledge one another heartily therein. Get nearer, nearer, nearer to Jesus Christ, and you will find yourself linked more and more in spirit to all who are like yourself. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. It's the most wonderful thing. To be linked to Jesus and to the saints of God who are truly born again, oh yes, supported by the same heavenly manner and fueled by the same Holy Spirit. And I'm adding that if we were more near to Jesus, we should be more near to one another in a true sense. We likewise see in these words the source of strength for every Christian to look at Christ is to live. To feed on Christ is to live. But for strength to serve Him you must come and dine. You must spend time in private prayer. If you married You need to pray with your spouse, and you husbands, listen to me, husbands, you need to lead in the spiritual uh, things of God, just like you need to lead in the sexual and physical things of God. You need to be the initiator, okay, because that's not going to happen. The prayer thing is not going to happen. The Bible reading thing is not going to happen on a consistent basis if you, sir, don't lead it. I don't have time to explain all of that. You just need to do it. Okay? You're not going to have, on the physical side, much sex in your marriage, which many of you complain about, if you don't initiate it because a woman can hold off on that for a while. You can't, sir. You cannot. You hear me? And you need to be the initiator. Don't be waiting on her. I'm talking stupid like, I. sometimes me, she just ought to jump on me and this, that, and the other. You know, that's not happening after a while, by and by in the marriage. You better initiate that. And your spiritual life, your Christian life, is not going to be good in the family if you don't initiate that. If you don't get up, in time to pray with your wife, at least, but in time to get everybody else up to pray with your children too. They need it. They may not, they, they, in the, while, while they're young, they love it. When they get into the teen years, not so much. When they get into the young adult years, not at all in some cases. But you need to do that anyway because something, God does something in people's hearts and minds through His Word and through His Holy Spirit through prayer. They may not show it on their face, but it's deep down, churning and working. In the words of one preacher I knew in Columbus, Georgia, it's germinating. I really don't know what all that means, but you you get the idea. <clears throat> so, Spurgeon goes on: We labor under much n- unnecessary weakness. God help us. On account of neglecting this precept of the master. We, none of us need to put ourselves on the uh, low diet of Jesus. Go ahead, Spurgeon. On the contrary, we should fatten on the marrow and fatness of the gospel that we may accumulate strength therein. And urge every power to his full tension in the master's service. Glory be to God. Thus, then, if you would realize nearness to Jesus, union with Jesus, love to his people, and strength from Jesus, come and dine. Come and dine with him by faith. How do you come and dine? I'm adding this. You pray to God in Jesus' name. You read his word. You meditate on it. You not not only obey it, but you apply it to your life because see there are some passages that they don't have a commandment to obey, but they have they, the passage has a principle or two for you to apply to your life. For example, just reading the Bible You could be reading Chronicles. And what is the the principle that you need to apply? The Bible assumes that God exists. The Bible really does not set out to prove that God exists. So you need to walk by faith in God. Just by reading the Bible, you get that. Anywhere in the Bible... The principle is going to cry out to you, apply this to your life. Believe in me. Trust in me. In the words of Jesus Christ, have faith in God. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, we pray in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we praise you and we thank you for your holy word. Thank you Lord also for the remembrances of magnificent fellowship times with the saints down through the years, but more importantly with you. And Lord help us to never forget this devotional time Help us to come and dine at your table, at your throne of grace, which you have invited us to come boldly to, to pray, to read your holy word, to feed on the manna of heaven, which is you. And obey your holy word and apply it to our lives in Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen. brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. We're in the third day of this passage which is, I believe, a part of the family verses. You may not believe that. I have not always believed that when I first heard one of the most powerful messages in my life from this passage by Dr. Bill Riddick. There must have, been, must have been a conference or something because I remember turning that, making that U-turn that I was allowed to make from his church. Heading back to uh, our church where we all met up, I think, and went to this conference. And so let me tell you preacher something. Preach the word based upon the word of God. Be instant in season and out of season. You don't know what you're doing when you preach the word. It will. It it, it does something in the heart, mind, soul, and spirit of a Christian. This is almost forty plus years ago when I heard him preach on this passage. It changed my life. It made me to understand that we're in a battle. But now, for today. That is, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. Um, We are uh, reading that passage as a part of the family verses connected to chapter 5 and chapter 6 uh, together as a unit. Because if you don't understand this passage, your battlefield is your family. The devil is going to make your battlefield the family. I know you think, according to the American way, that your family is your little thing that you own and control and that's your fun place where you sit in the den with your shorts on and watch sports and this, that and the other. But the devil does not see your family that way. You're the sport. You're, you're going to be a part of the sport that he's into. Because he's going to uh, wreak havoc in your home if you don't understand these principles. Mainly, and we're going to start it. I believe, verse 12. Uh, Get this, and then let's go. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. I know some of you sweet evangelicals and you sweet... Charismatics don't want to claim it But you got some devils in your family Not just outside of the church Picking on you as you claim Or even inside the church But in your family Your greatest enemies If you mean business for God Would be your own family members Now if you don't understand That the devil is using them Guess what you're going to do You're going to quit them You're going to divorce them you're going to get as far away as you can from them, and then the devil, now what, then when you're sitting on your bed uh, in the hotel room that you ran to, the devil's going to sit there in front of you and laugh his head off. Because the pressure that you felt in the home is not there anymore, because he used that pressure to destroy your marriage and your relationship with your children, your family. And may God help you, uh, if you have in-laws... Who are full of hell and the devil. Like I do. And family members on my side. Especially women folk who are mad at me. Because I believe that wives ought to lovingly, cheerfully, and joyfully, according to the word of God, submit to their husbands. And here's the way out of it. Don't get married. Don't get into a marriage and try to change the institution of marriage as God made it because in the words of bishop daniel white junior it's going to be as backwards with the wife leading the man as is the case i believe in at least 96% of the homes in this country and yes in the church especially and and so we i have family members because my wife is standing with me Even though I do not believe that she's saved, God has done something in her heart to honor that passage of Scripture. Uh, And they are mad as fire that that she would not leave me and divorce like they have. But she's smarter than that because she sees the disaster that their life is. And, uh, and, and, and and they're not the only ones. There are many women today, they feel like you can do without a man, as my mother did in New York when we were little children. She told we can do better without your father. That's what she told us. I don't believe that. And the Bible does not teach that. That's the main reason why I don't believe that. I, I thank God for women, but women have their place as wives and mothers, and if they don't want to be married as single women, serving God, uh, as missionaries, and uh, or whatever God has called them to do. Or as president. It doesn't bother, that doesn't faze me. If they choose not to marry, uh, uh Uh, They don't have to submit to a man. And if they do marry, they only have to submit to one man, not every man. And so uh, there are people who uh, are mad at me and trying to hinder me and trying to stop me and trying to uh, destroy me because I have preached this freely across this nation Not only in recent years, but for the past 40 years of ministry. Because it's in the Bible. It's the whole counsel of God. And uh, if husbands don't understand that, you're going to be in a mess. If wives don't understand what the Word of God says about their role, there's going to be a mess in the marriage and family. And that's why we have divorces every day in the church. It's an industry. People that we thought would never divorce are getting divorces in the church. Uh, and, 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 And with great fakeness and phoniness. Leading up to the divorce. Telling, deceiving the church, their church and the church in general. How wonderful their marriage is. How great their marriage is. How loving their marriage is. And oh my sweet thing and... Oh, my honey, bunch, and he's so sweet to me, and this, that, and the other. It's a bunch of lies. And then all of a sudden, we see you in the funny paper getting divorced with no grounds to divorce. None. No biblical grounds whatsoever. You're just sick and tired of each other, and you see somebody else's tail. That's all. That's all. You're just selfish and proud, and then you start hurting each other, trying to be the first one to get with somebody, and... Uh, start taking pictures with some other people and and, and, and trying to be like Kim Kardashian. Uh, and and uh, Kim Kardashian is a, uh, a, sh- a smart woman, but uh, uh, she she's not wise because if uh, Kanye is so fragile, she wouldn't be doing what she's doing. And saying what she's saying over his children. That's just not wise at all. And Pete's not wise either. But anyway, that's what you start doing in the church. That's I mean you start doing the blaming and the lying. Who did what? And I tell all pastors, don't listen to that garbage. Because the truth of the matter is, much of a married couple's life is hidden. 99% of it is hidden by God until He reveals it. So don't believe their lies. Okay? See, one of the most private uh, uh, units is the husband and the wife. God will protect that and cover that until you disobey Him so much He has to reveal it. But you, the truth of the matter is no man, no woman really knows what's going on between a man and a woman. You read your Bible. See <clears throat> I believe it was Billy Holiday. Who said uh, it's nobody's business? She sung that song a long time ago. No matter whatever's happening, uh, it's nobody's business. But 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 ours. And see, and I tell pastors, don't be getting into the business of a, of a man's marriage. Don't do that. Like you, the police officer, or you, you are uh, some kind of. Savior to their marriage. No, don't do that. You're going to mess yourself up. Many, many pastors have messed up. One of the reasons why uh, uh, this uh, big old abuse scandal has broken out in the Southern Baptist Convention is comes a lot of it comes from that. Pastors, I mean women come into pastors with problems in their marriage and devilish pastors take advantage of it very quickly and very easily. Before you know it, you got a mess on your hands. So don't believe her lies. Don't believe his lies. You just stick with the Bible. You tell him what the Bible says. Oh, well, he he uh, 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 committed adultery old oh, me. Okay, all right then. Uh, are you going to go ahead and get a divorce based upon that, or are you going to forgive him? Well, I can show you verses about both things. He comes in saying, well, she committed adultery on me. Okay, so what are you going to do? You tell me, because I don't know. I don't believe either one of you. And there's no way I can prove it. And I'm not going to get down in the weeds with you in in your mess. Now, I'm going to stick with the Bible. Here's what the Bible says. You do whatever y'all want to do. But don't put me in it. I'm interested in remarrying this other sister. I'm not going to marry you. So go someplace else. Yeah, I'm not going because I I don't. I don't believe you. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what you did. So I'm saying both of you are lying to me. So because I don't know, and you don't have any proof, and I don't have any proof. So go someplace else. Get the judge to lie for you. I'm not going to be a part of that. And I'm, I'm telling all pastors: do not. We marry divorced people. Don't put your uh, good name to that mess. I heard the other day that uh, Bishop T.D. Jakes married uh, the divorced pastor down in Houston to Shaq's uh, wife. Former wife. He should not have done that. You can be friends with somebody without marrying them and it doesn't matter how much money they pay you. Don't do that, pastors. You're getting yourself in trouble. Cuz you don't know what's going on between them. Only God knows. Pray for them, show them the Bible, show them the consequences from the word of God and go your way. That's it. And don't and, and by the way, connect with some other churches and get a counseling Company to handle these things you don't even need to be doing that at all You don't need to be counseling couples you don't have time for that you need to preach the word of God and preach more on Ephesians chapter 5 and chapter 6 take down the divorce care sign and Put up marriage care Verse 13 wherefore take unto you the whole arm of God And then preach on Ephesians chapter 5 for about about two months. Chapter 6 for two more months. You can preach on that passage for half a year. Is everybody going to like it? No. But you need to preach the word in season and out of season. The problem is in the home. The reason why your church is jacked up is because the homes are jacked up. Man. I mean it's common sense. And what you're doing is trying to take up the jacked upness. And make it into a church. And God is not in that. Man. You got to start. The right way. And do the right things. For the work in God's sight. You want to take the pain. And hurt of people. And try to make a church out of it. You can't do that. And that's what you've been doing for years. And that's why your church. As soon as they have some. they, they, They get a coronavirus plague. It falls apart. Because it's built on fluff. Chaff it blows away. See, you disrespected husbands and fathers, took over their families, ran the church through the women, and now what do you have? A bunch of hurting women, a bunch of listen to me very carefully. This is what makes my sweet evangelical women friends mad. Oh, it makes them mad. They hate me. White and black now, not only black, not only my family, white and black, mostly. Uh, some of my sweet white evangelicals, and some of the black co- women who co- who are connected with them—they're mad as fire. Some of the things I say, as I'm getting ready to say right now: What are you going What are you left with in the coronavirus plague when the churches—you've been running the church through women, dishonoring the men—they're gone. The, you got a, f- a church full of women and children now under the and what are you going to have? A bunch of stressed-out women, and a bunch of horny women in the church, and they want you, Pastor. And and listen, listen to me very carefully, you, 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 uh, Romeo. Uh, you, Casanova. You think? First of all, let me tell you something preachers, most pastors are not beautiful, they're not the most handsome, they're not the smartest, they're not the best, and so forth, okay? But the devil will move upon a woman's heart and mind and vision and make you look like Denzel Washington, Billy D. Williams, and every other handsome man in her sight, and you know you're not that. And, and 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 then arrest her heart and will be going for you because she's horny because you have belittled her husband to nothing and she looks and she looks at him like he's nothing and so she does not want to be involved with him she she's also attracted not only to that false picture she has in her mind of you she's attracted to you because you're married to the first lady and as one woman said one time, In church She's attracted to you because She knows that you know it would be wrong For you all to get together And not only that She's attracted to power Most women are attracted to power And money from From a human standpoint And so she will do Some of everything she can do And she'll line up behind other women Just to see if she can get a word in And that's why we have this convention-wide scandal going on today. Don't tell me. I preach a sermon on hell, which is rare in churches today. I preach a sermon on hell. The title of the sermon was, Hell, Do We Really Believe It? And... uh, After I preached on that sermon, I was at the door shaking hands and a woman told me, I said, did you get a blessing from that message? Did you understand that message? She said, she said, Pastor, I was not thinking about that message. I said, what? I preached on hell. I preached preached hard on hell. She said, I was thinking about you and walked out. Okay, so let me let me help you. You're not all that. Okay, that they try to make you to be is all designed by the devil to bring you down. Uh, this man out of Florida, uh, who had 44 women charging him with sexual assault. Uh Darr Gilliard I don't think anybody thinks he's uh Billy D. Williams. But you got devilish women who are attracted to power and money and to your gift. They love what the Bible talks about the uh Uh, Precious life. They love to go after that. And so you need to do everything you can. To stay away from it. And you husbands. Let me tell you something. Don't go to any church. I told you this before. You didn't believe me. Do not go to any church. No, no. Do not let your wife and children go to any church. Without you there. Now that there was a time, I, I, I would not have had to say that. Say that, but I've been saying that now for the past twenty years. I told my little brother, who married a beautiful woman, he was thinking about letting her work on work at the school. So I said, "Don't do that." Do you see, do you see my face, huh? That that the face that you just saw is is a don't play face. I'm not playing with you. Don't do that. You don't send your wife down there to work. Under the pastor and uh, some other minister or somebody in the church. And I'm saying the same thing to you, sir. Don't do that. You're setting your wife up for a fall. And uh, you don't need to do that. You go to church on Sunday with your wife. If you have to work on Wednesday, you don't go. Now look at me real good. Am I playing? I'm not playing with you. Don't do that. Because I know the power dynamic, not because it has happened to my wife, because I have protected her from that, but I know the power dynamic, how that can happen. And all other pastors know how that can happen. You must understand, and let me say this, I can move on. There's 10,000 things happening when a man and a woman get into a room together that you have really no control over, other than saying, no, I'm not going to do that. And get your jacket, get your hat, get your grip, and run. Sir, that's the best thing you can do. But there's a powerful dynamic that takes place between a man and a woman in any given situation. And so like Billy Graham, you don't need to be in a room by yourself with another woman. All kinds of bad things are happening at the same time. A lot of it you cannot stop. All you, can, all you can do is control yourself and say, i I've got to go. Excuse me. Whether you like it or not, things are happening in your mind, happening in her mind. You're trying to size her up. She's trying to size you up. What you going to do? Me do a barbecue? What's up? All kinds of things are happening, especially if she's fine. And another thing, get big mama to be your secretary. Not petite, fine mama. No. Young. Mm-mm. I told you the story about a beautiful young lady, voluptuous young lady, married to a man who, to, to women, he would be handsome. One of those black dudes who has blue eyes and all that kind of thing. But... uh she drove, drove up on the property one day. I happened to be out on the property. And she said, Pastor, I know that you don't have a secretary. I would love to volunteer and be a secretary. I burst out laughing. I burst out laughing. She did. To this day, she does not know why. I had had, had the privilege of leading them to the Lord. I burst out laughing. I said, look at the devil. I said, look at I, I Ain't no way in the world. Okay? When I say voluptuous, I mean men understand it's popping. All over the place. I started I said no, no. I don't need a secretary. Thank you very much. God bless you. And she was really insistent. I said no, mm-hmm. no, ma'am. I, we we're fine. We are not that large now at this point where we need a secretary. So you know, God bless you. Go on home now. And that's what you need to do. And you get a, you get big mama, old mama up in there. That that can help if you really need a secretary. Or let your wife be the secretary uh, if she's a good woman, uh, a virtuous woman. You don't need a devil up at the church house. But she's going to turn away half the church with her devilish attitude. So don't do that. I must go. Wherefore, take unto you the whole arm of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore having your loins girded about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying all ways with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints, and for me that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Now, beloved, you need all of that for the spiritual warfare in your own family. First. Because if you do something for God, it's going to be thick. And then for the other battlefields. And let me just say this to you, praying without ceasing is one of the best things you can do to get through the vicissitudes of life and the battles on the battlefield. Now, dear friends, let's pray for other families to put on the whole arm of God and uh, to get saved if they're not. Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Heal all Christian uh, marriages and family based upon, families based upon your holy word. And save families that don't know your savior and holy father god as you know i have so much more to say uh, but uh, i uh, cut back cut back on it a little bit today so lord give them the message that they need to save their marriages and save their families for, uh, if they don't, that is a huge failure, without compromise, based upon your holy word. And Holy Father God, I pray, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray for the salvation of the lost, for the revival of the saved, for the healing of the sick, for the comfort of the grieving, and the mourning around the world. And Lord, we pray for some of them by name. We pray for the family and friends of Utah resident Betty Morrison. Uh, We're praying for the people impacted by the coronavirus plague. And uh, we pray for millions, but we pray for a few by name. We pray for the family and friends of Pennsylvania resident Mark Mills. We pray, Lord, for the family and friends of Maryland resident Dominic Dry. We pray for the family and friends of Wisconsin Janice Linder. And we pray for the family and friends of Ohio resident Teresa Cashin. We commit these souls into your hands. Let your will be done in their lives and in ours. And Lord, we also pray for all people who name the name of Christ, who say that they're believers in Jesus Christ. Have mercy and grace upon us, for Lord, we have failed you here in the latter-day church, Uh, not being Mormons, but in these latter-days we have failed you. That's, That's all there is to it, even though you are very gracious, and very merciful about our failures. Lord, uh, we know that you're not pleased. And yet some are persisting in their evil. For Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive us of our wicked, evil, and ungodly sins and abominations. Fornication in the church, adultery in the church, lying and stealing and having hate, in the church, racism in the church. Uh, Now homosexuality accepted in churches. A church in Dallas, Lord, is in the newspaper today. The bishop said you cannot ordain homosexual ministers. This church is saying we're going to do it on our own. And so Holy Father God, I pray in the name Uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Lord, I pray that you will save the souls of these people and cast out the devil and the demons of hell as homosexuals now are making a mockery of your church and of your shed blood, your death, your burial, and resurrection. And uh, Lord has been brought on by false preachers, teachers, and prophets who have crept in unawares, even the sons of great pastors and uh, preachers who stood for you for so many years, and now they're tearing down everything their fathers stood for and built. Lord, whatever they can do, help them to do it, and Holy Father God We pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, forgive us of our wicked sins that we're disobeying to this day. And that is the sins of disobeying your great commandment and your great commission. And Holy Father God, Lord, I do pray. that you would forgive us. I also pray, Lord, that you would help us to humble ourselves and to pray, to seek your face and turn from our wicked ways and to repent and to get back to you, our first love. And Holy Father God, I thank you, Lord, for leading me to do what I did. Uh, But Lord, I am convinced this country, the churches in this country And many around the world have forsaken you. And I thank you for calling me to be a prophet, to go against the wicked tide of the abominations that are going on in the church today. It's been the the greatest privilege of my life. uh, Outside of uh, first, even above, uh, being invited to the homegoing of your prophet and evangelist Billy Graham. And Lord, I thank you for giving me peace that I did all I could do. And I pray that uh, you would pave the way for me to escape what's going to happen this wicked to this wicked evil nation. And uh, I do pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, That you would save, and I still pray this, to fulfill all righteousness. Lord, I am not sure that you want me to even pray this anymore. I'm just not sure. I don't want to make a mistake. Because I do know that you're the God who hears and answers prayer. But maybe we're too far gone. And so I still pray, Lord, for all government leaders, all government ministers, even this president who just signed an executive order to recognize homosexuality, homosexual marriage, adding on to the LGBTIX plus in light of the fact that we are facing a monkeypox explosion still. These people are blinded by the devil. But I pray for his salvation. I pray for the salvation of all government ministers and officials from the President of the United States on down and around the world, that they will see the error of their ways. And going against your creation and what you have created. You created men and women for a reason. And Lord, we pray uh, that uh, you would save those who are lost, revive those who are saved, cast the devil out of those who need the devil cast out of them. And I pray that they will lead in such a way that we will lead peaceful lives. Uh, As you know, Lord, I'm vulnerable now by law. Uh, They could uh, put me in jail for not recognizing uh, and not calling a man a woman, not calling a man by a woman's name, not using now law something nobody even thought was going to come. People deciding to tell you what pronouns they want to use, want you to use to call them, and if you don't, Do it. You can be fired. You can be put in jail. You can be sued. Uh, So Lord, lift me up out of this Sodom and Gomorrah as you see fit. Uh, Lord, uh, touch touch the hearts of my preacher friends. Touch the hearts of all of the people who listen to me every day uh, to give me what I need to move from this place. And so Lord, and to move everybody in my family who wants to go, they're all grown now. I thank you for the privilege of raising each and every one by myself, uh, with very little help from my wife. And they have proven that what I, how I raised them was the best way. They all have done well who have left here, save one who just left, and uh, uh, and uh, we pray for her uh, to do Your will and not hers. And so, Holy Father God, I do pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, for all. Christians who are being persecuted around the world, in Nigeria, in China, in America. Protect us all, Lord, uh, who are being persecuted, even by family members. Place upon us the whole arm of God. Surround us with your protection and the band of your holy angels. And Lord, we pray that you would grant us your grace in our trying times and in our dying times if necessary. And Lord, we pray that uh, you would bless uh, Israel. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And Holy Father God, we pray now, uh, Lord, for the people who have written in for prayer we pray for uh, all of the thousands who have sent in prayer requests down through the years. Hear and answer their prayers and hear and answer our prayers and we pray that you'll bless them with salvation, spiritual, uh, family and life, financial and material, protection and provision, mental and physical blessings. We pray that you protect them from the coronavirus and now monkeypox and now hepatitis and now the disease that's in the economic system. Where one man said this morning that the um, inflation is going to continue to go high and will last a long time. People have already started laying off people, some of the most innovative companies are laying off people, and at the same time while many people are quitting because they've seen so many people get sick and die and they care for their families. We pray, Lord, for all of the prayer requests, the new ones, help us to pray for Maris, for Jason, Michelle, and their families to get saved, restore their relationships with Tecla and Amerish and help them to follow God's direction. We pray, Lord, for Pastor Bushebi. Pastor Brashebe, uh, Lord, touch his heart and uh, have him maybe to prepare a place for me uh, as I am coming to see you here soon. By your will Lord we thank you for we join him in thanking you for souls saved at their church meetings Thank you for the good report from the meeting in Cerruti. Thank you for Timothy's continued recovery Please heal Melanie's eyes and bless the surgery Please bless them with a water well. Please comfort Greg's family after he was killed in a motorbike accident. Enable them to register church properties with the government. Deliver them from economic hardships. Bless them with peaceful elections. Bless them with church construction and financial resources for open air gospel Crusades. Bless them as they fast and pray. We pray for Cecil. Please protect them as they travel to a family reunion and bless the Sunday school and worship service. Help them all to return to their homes as new creatures in Jesus Christ. Now, Lord, we pray for all of the people who have believed in you, Lord Jesus Christ, for their salvation through the preaching of the gospel through this ministry. Help them to grow in the faith. And to stand strong in the faith. We pray for. Simpija, uh Simpija. Dennis. In Kampala Uganda. We pray for. Tinga. We pray for. Ezekiel. We pray for. Jairo. We pray for. Abizaba, And Lord we pray. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Lord. For those who have come back to you from a backslidden state or a cold state in their lives and have rededicated their lives to you. We pray for Solisu, Comfort, Alice, Gabriel, uh, as well as Victor and uh, all others. We pray for the thousands who have made a profession of faith in you and the thousands who have come back to you. Help them all to stand strong in the faith and to grow In the faith. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. Now, dear friend, if you're with us today and you have never truly believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ said the most powerful, most loving, most important words ever said in the history of the world. When he said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. All you have to do is believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. First, understand and accept the fact that you are a sinner and that you have broken God's law. You have sinned against God by lying, by stealing, by having sex outside of marriage, by committing adultery, by lusting and coveting what other people have, and lusting and coveting people and things, dishonoring and disrespecting and disobeying your parents, your father and mother, and uh, you have sinned against God by dishonoring God, by taking his name in vain. You are guilty of breaking God's Ten Commandments because if you break one in God's economy, according to the Bible, you break the whole Ten Commandments. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all have failed reaching God's holy standard of perfection. Second, accept the fact that there is a penalty for sin, There's a punishment for sin always. The Holy Bible states in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death. You will die because of your sins. Not because of cancer, not because of leukemia, not because of a car crash like the football player did the other day, but you will die because of your sins. And if God will allow you to die because of the sins you committed, He will allow you to go to hell if you do not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. And if you reject Jesus Christ and you choose darkness rather than light, Sin and rather rather than good and go to hell. He will let you go to hell. That's your choice. God does not make anybody go to hell. He died on the cross. He sent his son Jesus Christ to die on the cross for your sins. He was buried and rose on the third day by the power of God to keep you out of hell. Speaking of hell, accept the fact, dear friend, that you are on the road to hell right now. Jesus Christ preached more on hell than anybody else in the Bible, and he preached on it repeatedly. And In one of his sermons, Jesus Christ said in Mark 9:43 through 48, you can read it for yourself, and if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands and the fire is not quenched. And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out. It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire." And that's what we're dealing with, my dear friends. We're dealing with the fact that when you die, you will go to hell if you don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as your savior. And his gospel, which means understanding that he suffered as the Lamb of God, the sacrificial Lamb of God, uh, and became our Passover, not only for the Jews, but for the Gentiles. He suffered, he bled, and he died on the cross for our sins. Was buried and rose on the third day. Receive his mercy, my dear friend. We all need his mercy. Nobody is better than you, and you're not better than anybody else. Receive his free gift and his grace. Just humble yourself down. Stop thinking that you can work your way to heaven, that you can go to church a lot and think that's going to save you, that you can serve in the church a lot and think that's going to save you. Humble yourself down and understand none of the religious work that you do can save you. You say, preacher, you preach a lot. Don't you believe that's going to save you? No, I do not. I preach a lot because I am saved. And I want to see you saved. And more importantly, God wants to see you saved. Where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. Do you want to go to a place like that? If not, humble yourself down. Church membership can't save you. Joining the church can't save you. Getting baptized in the beautiful little pool with the painting behind you cannot save you. No, that's right. Baptism can't save your soul. Shaking the preacher's hand can't save your soul. Taking a chair in front of the church can't save your soul. Uh, you see, I, and I don't care how many times you did that when you were a child. Uh, getting baptized by the priest and sprinkling water on you as a baby and you were Christian. That does not mean you are a Christian. You're not born again. You're not saved. And you need to examine yourself in the church t- to see whether or not you are saved. If you don't have any fruits of salvation, you hate God, you hate Jesus, you hate the services, but you do them, you try to hinder them, you hate people who serve God in the church, you have a bad attitude, Uh, you're a liar, a thief, a Judas, a betrayer, you need to examine yourself. Remember now, Jesus was in the school of Christ for three and a half years and died and went to hell. Judas was with Jesus for three and a half years and died and went to hell and was the main betrayer of Jesus Christ. And he went and hanged himself, the Bible says. You know why? Because he knew he betrayed innocent blood. And you're doing the same thing. Get saved today. Humble yourself down repent of your sins and trust Christ as Savior and you will find Jesus Christ living in you and through you and Serving as a Christian will not be a burden You won't be blowing getting exhausted serving because he is doing it through you So hell is a real place hell is a sad place hell is a bad place and hell is bad news. But you must hear the bad news so that you can hear the good news and obey the good news. And here is the good news. As I said to you earlier, the best, the first and best sermon on the gospel uh, was preached by Jesus Christ himself. He even gave the history of the gospel in one verse. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever the word whosoever means anybody at any time. There are many people in the church talking about inclusion today. Well everybody is included. Everybody. Adulterers, fornicators, liars, homosexuals, everybody's included as far as getting saved. But once you get saved, you know instinctively that you cannot continue in your sin, be you an adulterer, a fornicator, a liar, a drunkard, or a homosexual. You can't be a member of the local church doing those things because you're going to tear down the testimony of the church as you have done, as many people have done. Whosoever believeth in him, red, yellow, black, or white, whosoever includes everybody, believeth in him, should not perish. In other words, you should not go to hell, but have everlasting life in heaven with God. So, dear friend, just believe in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in your heart that Jesus Christ suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins, was buried, and rose on the third day by the power of God for you, so that you can live eternally with him. Pray and ask him to come into your heart today to save your soul, and he will. Romans ten nine and 13 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou, you, shalt be saved. Saved. Saved from what? Saved from hell. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Saved is a beautiful word when you understand what it means. You're actually being saved from the hell you deserve by believing in the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, by believing in Jesus Christ who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins. And hell is for he- forever. Hell is forever, so you don't want to go there. Yes, there are many other blessings in believing in Christ, uh, but this is the main thing that you're getting saved from. You're getting saved from the power of sin that causes a hellacious life that causes hell by believing in Christ who paid for your sin debt. So believe in him today. Trust in him. Have faith in him. Pray and ask him to save your soul and he will save you. Follow me in the sinner's prayer right now and mean it from your heart. Holy Father God repeat after me phrase by phrase Holy Father God I admit that I am a sinner and that uh, I have done evil in your sight by breaking your Ten Commandments repeatedly in your sight for Jesus Christ's sake Please forgive me of my sins. Please have mercy and grace upon my wretched soul. As I now believe with all of my heart, the best way that I know how, in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God who has taken away the sin of the world. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul from hell today. Even though I deserve to go to hell and please save my soul to heaven today even though I don't deserve to go to heaven Lord Jesus Christ please come into my life into my heart my mind my soul and spirit and fill me with your Holy Spirit And help me to repent of my sins. And to turn from my evil ways. And to follow you, Lord Jesus Christ, in the new life. For it is in Jesus Christ's name I do pray. Amen. Now dear friend if you believed in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ that he suffered he bled and he died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose from the dead by the power of God allow me to say to you congratulations on doing the most important thing in life and that is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. For more information to help you grow in your newfound faith in Jesus Christ, please go to gospellightsociety.com and read my book titled "What to Do After You Enter Through the Door." Jesus Christ said in John 10:9, "I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved." and shall go in and out and find pasture. <clears throat> if you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ today, dear friend, as your Lord and Savior, please email us at dw3 and gospellightsociety.com and let us know. For we have some free material that we want to send you to help you grow in the faith. If you have a prayer request, please email that to us as well. And uh, we will pray for you until you tell us to stop. Until next time, my beloved, God loves you. We love you. And may God bless you. Real good is my prayer. Let's all stand for our closing prayer. <clears throat> Make sure you pray without ceasing. And do not hold be to it. But if the Lord tells us it's coming and we live, it's very likely that I'll be preaching tonight on the second coming of Christ. And uh, uh, you won't want to miss that. So uh, keep checking back and uh, you'll be notified uh, what time I'll be preaching. Until then, whether you come back tonight or not, As a child of God in this day and time. If I were you, I would pray without ceasing. Read and meditate on the Word of God. Specific verses that address specific issues you have in your life. Make sure you examine yourself and see whether or not you be in the faith. Because everybody singing about heaven ain't going. Let's pray. Holy Father God, we pray In the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we praise you and we thank you so much for what you have done in this early part of the day, Lord, that will help people to have, hopefully, a better afternoon and a better evening and a productive afternoon and evening, understanding from Buffalo to uh, Uvalde, and Lord, I heard something disturbing about that this morning as well. To uh, the two girls who got shot in a church parking lot yesterday. Lord, help, help everybody to understand that anywhere they go could be their place of death. So help people in the church examine themselves and see whether or not they be in the faith. Save their souls. Help us to stop assuming that people are saved. They may be religious, but lost. And then, Lord, we pray for the irreligious who have never been to a church. Open their blinded eyes and stop their deaf ears and help them to hear the gospel. And we pray for millions and millions and millions to come to know your Savior before it is too late. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for sake. Amen. God bless you, dear friends. Until next time. I'll fly away.